This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, the business station. BFM 89.9, you're listening to The Morning Run with Keith Kam and I'm Wong Shaoning. It's just gone past 7.06. It's a very wet Thursday morning. It's the 23rd of November and in about 30 minutes, we'll be discussing the outlook for the Indian economy, which is growing at a steady clip in contrast to other major economies this year. But in the meantime, let's recap how global markets closed yesterday. So on Wall Street, when uh, Americans sit down for the Thanksgiving dinner, this is another thing to get to be thankful for. The Dow closed up more than 200 points, up 0.5%. S&P 500 was up 0.4%. The Nasdaq was also up 0.5%. Earlier in the day yesterday, in Asia, Japan's Nikkei was up 0.3%. The Hang Seng was flat. Shanghai's Composite is down was down 0.8%. Singapore's STI was up 0.6%. Back home, the FBM KLCI closed 0.5% lower. So for some insights on where international markets are heading, we speak to Tony Nash, CEO of Complete Intelligence. Good morning, Tony. Thanks for speaking to us. I know it's almost Thanksgiving in the USA. So I have a question about you. How thankful are you for the US <laughs> equity markets? Because the Nasdaq is up 36%, the S&P 500 up almost 19%. Can this very, you know, this this year-long rally continue? Uh, yeah, I- to be honest, I think we're kind of lucky that we are where we are. Um, so um, are we grateful? Yeah, we are. Um, but I think we're, we're pretty lucky to be where we are. And I think without tech, um, without tech surging and the AI surge, I think it'd be in a very different place. Tony, FOMC minutes reveal that the Fed isn't keen on cutting rates anytime soon. How might equity and fixed income investors position themselves for a higher for longer scenario? Do you, do you think we might be getting a Santa Claus rally? Yeah, uh, maybe it's possible. Um, you know, I think with with higher for longer, you know, treasuries treasuries are paying five percent. You can sleep at night with a five percent return and falling inflation. So, honestly, that's really a no brainer, and it's the easiest trade to make. Um, I'd be careful of tech right here. I'm not saying it's due to fall. I'm just saying valuations are incredibly stretched. So, if higher for longer is really a thing, then tech valuations are likely to take take a hit in the new year. I'm not sure much is going to change before the end of the year, but they're likely to take a hit in the new year. I'd be watching energy uh, stocks. I'd be watching uh, pretty boring sectors like utilities and consumer staples um, and really take a look at when it's time to get in. Okay, staying on the theme of tech, I think nobody can ignore NVIDIA results, which actually beat expectations, excuse me, but the stock Mm -hmm. has come down uh, overnight in the last two days, actually. So what is the reason for this? Well, I think with NVIDIA, you know, it's been priced for perfection. And I think people are looking at it and asking if this is as good as it gets. Because when you look at NVIDIA's uh, PE ratio, which I know that's not necessarily perfect, but it's at 116, 116. So effectively, NVIDIA would have to have 116 years of its current earnings level to, to justify the current price. So that's optimistic, right? And so when you look at what the NVIDIA CFO said on the call, she basically said that uh, they do not have good visibility into the magnitude of the impact of the China uh, stuff that the U.S. government has imposed on them. So they're saying they don't know, right? And so there's uncertainty and um, China is 25% of their data center revenue and data center is their biggest revenue bucket. So 25% Mm -hmm. of their biggest revenue bucket is uncertain. So 
I wouldn't be surprised to see some people take some profits here and just wait and see until there's some clarity. Okay, so it sounds like this, the, the premium awarded to NVIDIA is really due to the scarcity when it comes to AI themes. Would Microsoft now be that new AI proxy? Well, Microsoft's been trading off that because of um, OpenAI. Um, you know, they have the relationship with OpenAI and ChatGPT, and they've added, you know, ChatGPT type of uh, uh, activities to all of their products. And so they've already done very well off of that AI theme. So I don't know that they would necessarily be the uh, kind of new darling of AI. Mm. Microsoft announced, I think, last week that they're going to be making AI chips. I mean, of course, everybody's going to announce they're making AI chips, AMD, Microsoft, everybody, because that's where the money is. Tony, Fed officials mentioned that they needed to see more weakness in labour markets in order to hit their inflation target. Uh, just jumping off on, on, on your comment earlier that uh, 2024 might actually be a bit of a moderation. Do you expect that same moderation to be reflected in US job numbers? I do. So the bigger issue there, I think, rather than just job numbers, it, it's really wages, right? So average hourly earnings uh, as of kind of last month are growing at 4.1% annualized, while CP, CPI, consumer price inflation, is growing at 3.2. So wages are, are growing faster than uh, than inflation, which, you know, for the worker is great. Um, but the Fed believes that that uh, average hourly earnings number is pulling up prices. So we've been through the part of the cycle where it's supply side inflation, and we lived that out in 21 and 22. We're now getting to the part where wages are, are higher than uh, inflation. And the Fed is saying, hey, that's you know, that's where this leftover inflation is coming from. So they're trying to find a way to push down that average hourly earnings number. And I think in their minds, they'd like to see some people lose jobs so that there's pressure, downward pressure on uh, on those earnings numbers. Okay, Tony, help us understand what's going on in the oil markets because demand has yeah. reached record highs with stocks depleting. Mm-hmm. Yet crude prices... I would say volatile, in fact, on on the downward trend. So why is there a disconnect between this? Yeah, well, I mean, it, it's that's a really interesting market to look at, especially in light of the fact that energy is playing such a large part of uh, inflation uh, slowing down, mm. right? And so crude prices falling at this point is really a, a paper trade uh, rather than a physical trade. Uh, and so... It's possible, you know, if we see a recession uh, in, say, Q1 or Q2 next year, which is not the consensus call, but if we see a recession, the paper to market weakness might become a reality. So we might see um, easing of the demand uh, in global markets. Um, But consensus at the moment seems to say that we're going to avoid recession. So it's possible the market gains strength. So, you know, my firm, Complete Intelligence, we forecast 1,600 things a month. Crude oil is one of them. So what we're saying is in Q1, WTI will be in the kind of low to mid 80s and Brent will be in the mid to high 80s. So we do see some upward pricing pressure from here. We're not necessarily seeing the three-digit numbers that some people are talking about for next year. Tony, OPEC Plus is meeting this Sunday and and um, the expectation is they are going to discuss further reductions in in supply. What are your thoughts on this going into 2024? Um, Yeah, that Sunday meeting, I'm not sure if it's happening. I thought that had been pushed back until November 30th. So, and the reason being this, um, there were some 
kind of backroom meetings uh, made between the UAE, UAE and Saudi at the last meeting that allowed the UAE to increase their output. And my understanding is that other OPEC members are pretty upset that that UAE was allowed to pump more, but they weren't. So there's some disagreement behind the scenes. And my understanding is they put that meeting off until the 30th. And um, and that's really what's behind today's price weakness. I think Brent and WTI were down at three, like 3% at one point. So, um, so until we have uh, an idea of the agenda for the November 30th meeting or more clarity on what the outcome will be, um, I think there's a fear in markets that uh, the producers will produce more uh, mm. if they're allowed to. Um, and so, you know, people want more revenue. Uh, people are feeling that econ- economics is a little bit weird. And so, you know, they want to produce more to make more money. So, it, you know, they're, the Saudis are going to have to work it out with the other OPEC members over the next few days and then come together with some concrete conclusions for the November 30th meeting. Tony, do you have any views on gold? Because this is another asset class I can't really quite figure out. It's at uh, nineteen ninety US dollars per ounce, and at the moment it's up ten yeah. percent. Uh, on one hand, the market yeah, looks so, like it's risk on, but then it's risk off. What do we do with this precious yep, metal? So, so what you're saying is exactly exactly right. So, so again, we forecast a lot of stuff on our platform, and so. Gold was telling us until two weeks ago, actually until last Monday, that it was going to fall. And gold, in fact, was falling. The um, Some of the items we monitor in the market had turned around and gold told us this past Monday morning that it was going to start rising again. Or maybe it was two Mondays ago that it was going to start rising again. And it, and it did. Actually, that was two Mondays ago. And so it did start rising. And so gold is one of those that you really have to take a look at frequently. Um, we have some uh, customers who made 4X on some of their gold shorts uh, last month. Um, and then when it turned around, they sold those and started to get long again. So mm. so gold, and what we're seeing now is strength in gold, not a huge amount of strength, but we're seeing strength in gold. So I, I would be very careful. You know, it's, it's like looking at equity markets right now. I mean, there's underlying strength in equity markets, but I would wait until a few more things fall into place before you really want to go super long right here. All right. Thank you very much for your time. Uh, Happy Thanksgiving, by the way, Tony. That was Tony Nash, CEO of Complete Intelligence telling us to look at some sectors because markets might look volatile in uh, might be volatile in the coming months. Looking at utilities, consumer staples and wow, you know what do we what do we make of oil and gold? The price move- movements don't really follow I suppose typical market theory. Not at all. I've uh, I've been following gold for a while, and I see that the uh, it's got a very very strong support at uh, 1920 dollars an ounce. Uh, but it's been trying for the past two or three months to break that two thousand uh, dollar uh, resistance, mm. and it did for for a split Short, second. Short. Well, whenever yeah. there's any geopolitical tensions ratcheting up, I notice. Yeah. Uh, but in the meantime, let's take a look at one of the world's largest distributor of agriculture machinery, Deer and Co. Because this is a good barometer in terms of, you know, what are farmers feeling like? What have the rising inflation and the rising uh, agriculture prices have meant? Have they squeezed the margins of agriculture companies? Now, they saw a 5% increase in the fourth quarter net income to $2.4 billion and a 43% increase to $10 billion for the fiscal year. 
They saw a 1% fall in total worldwide net sales. Revenue was at $15.4 billion for Q4. However, for the full year, it rose 16% to $61 billion. Uh, moving ahead, the company is actually forecasting slowing demand from farmers driven by declining crop prices because future net income for the fiscal year, uh, they're expecting it to be between $7.8 and $8.3 billion. The full year outlook is also below consensus estimates of $9.3 billion. Not so rosy, actually. No, not really. I think margins have uh, really been... Uh... Uh, squeezed actually because you, you in terms of global food prices there's a limit to how much you can raise it but there definitely has been higher import, input costs for all these farmers now the stock is actually down 13% on a year to date basis trading at a forward P of 12 times the street 16 buys 11 holes 2 sells Consensus target price for this US listed stock four hundred and twenty seven US dollars and ninety three cents. Last done was actually down almost twelve US dollars to three hundred and seventy US dollars and seventy six cents. Now that's all the corporate US corporate news we have for you at the moment. Up next we'll be covering the top stories in the newspapers and portals this morning. Stay tuned for that. BFM eighty nine point nine. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM eighty nine point nine, the business station. For more stories of the same kind, Download the BFM app.